Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Relentless Dairy on Podbean.com. Welcome to Land of Bourbon and Bad Decisions. This is Relentless Daring live on Podbean.com and the Podbean app. If you are tuning in just now, I may have had to restart the room because, well, the first go around didn't have any audio. That's uh, very odd and peculiar to boot. So, again, it's Halloween. And as we know with Halloween, things like to get dumb. Things like to get stupid. I have a few things I'm going to get into as the show goes on, but I'd just like to say that tonight I did see a whole flock of unicorns while I had the kids out trick-or-treating. They thought it was awesome to see a bunch of people wearing inflatable unicorn costumes. There's a, a whole carload of people all wearing the same thing as, like I said, flock of unicorns. But anyways, uh, before I get started, so I'd say this show is brought to you by Built Bar. Um, right now they have a the new Built Bites. That, well, I say new. They, they release them every year. Little bite-size Built Bars. You have all the regular flavors. They do have some uh, special, uh, special flavors. Like I have the mocha flavor, which is amazing. Made with real coffee. <laughs> oh, Libertarian Ninja is asking if not having audio for a radio show is a problem. Maybe. But hey, at least it's recording on the computer. So even if y'all don't get here at live, you can get it Memorex tomorrow. But anyways, yeah, going back to the built bars, these things are absolutely amazing. Uh, the Mocha Love Built Bites. I said these little, little bite-sized candies. Yeah, about the consistency of like uh, some sort of nougaty kind of uh, like a Three Musketeers or uh, Milky Way or something. Really good. These are 70 calories, 8 grams of protein, 2 grams of sugar, and 2 net carbs per little built bite. Absolutely freaking amazing. Uh, they also have the uh, the new caramel apple ones out now. Oh, my God. Had one of those today. Holy snot. It was amazing. Um, these things are awesome. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code RELENTLESS. Save 10%. And if you order before midnight, you can still save 10% on all orders if you on anything you order. And if you use the promo code RELENTLESS, you'll also save that extra 10%. So go out and do that. Plus, you know, it makes me money. But, ah, uh, so, shenanigans afoot. There's a lot of stuff I want to talk about, but something that's been blowing up social media tonight has been uh, the Kamala Harris, while traveling on a bus from San Antonio to Austin, the bus was surrounded by a bunch of Trump supporters. Like, they brought the Trump... Uh, car parade to the bus and escorted her all the way in the process <laughs> in the process um there was a vehicular altercation is the best way i can put it and a vehicle that looks like a white subaru minivan suv type thing it moves out of the lane a pickup sporting bunch of Trump flags moves into that spot. Then that car, using a turn signal, hey, I want to move back over. They start pushing the 
that truck further, further over till they make contact with the truck. And then when it pulls away, the truck bounces back into it. And the lefties on the interwebs, they're losing their damn minds because, did you see that? It was vehicular, it was attempted vehicular homicide. Like, whoa. First of all, if you're trying to force another vehicle to change lanes because you want to be over there, you're the one who's wrong. And if you're the idiot who causes the accident because it doesn't matter how long you had your turn signal on, it doesn't matter if you think you had the right of way. Vehicle merging laws nationwide. If you are the vehicle that is merging from one lane to the other, the right of way goes to traffic that is already in the lane that you're trying to merge into. And you have all these crazy people trying to justify, wow, wow, wow. That see what that, that Trump truck did, and that's that's a slammed into the side of that white SUV. Ah! Oh my God! <laughs> uh, what happens if you push the call buttons? Um, you're not going to get a whole lot because I don't have any audio from my computer into the board, so it'll blink and blink and blink. And I will probably ignore it. I mean, I could try answering it. I don't know how well everyone else will hear what I can hear, though. That's just the thing. Because the speakers will play it on my computer, but I don't know how well the uh, microphone will pick it up. And I don't know, because as was demonstrated with my audio fail with my Jennings interview. I know you're just asking. I'm just saying. I'm not trying to be mean. But, like I said, all sorts of the shenanigans going on. And one of the big things I saw, if I figure out where I set my phone, uh, apparently Project Veritas has a uh, filed a libel lawsuit against the New York Times. And uh, this article is from Town Hall. And my phone has froze up. Oh, I just got to reload the whole page. Yay, technology. So, why Project Veritas is pursuing legal actions against the New York slime. I mean, New York Times. Pardon me, Freudian slip. It happens. No, you look like an idiot. Dang, they didn't have to yell at me. In September, Project Veritas exposed a ballot harvesting scheme in Minnesota with alleged ties to Representative Ilan Omar. The investigative report revealed allegations that harvesters are being paid to collect ballots from seniors and the immigrant community, among other startling re- revelations. According to Project Veritas founder James O'Keefe, the New York Times responded by calling the Project Veritas report, quote, deceptive, end quote, claiming the report the reporting lacked evidence and relied solely on unidentified sources. Wait. Uh, pardon me, uh, New York Times. I have a little bit of a question. Aren't you really good about using unidentified sources? I, I guess... Um, Unidentified sources only work when you release a story written by someone whose name is anonymous. And then you make it sound like anonymous is some high-ranking member of the Trump administration, possibly even Mike Pence, because he used the word lodestar. And huh, Mike Pence gave a speech where he used the word lodestar. Apparently, it's got to be him. It, it. Then they, they kept blowing up, like, go on, go on, go on for, what, two years? <laughs> uh, uh, what in the world's going on here? 
Um, in the uh, chat box, uh, anonymous sources are only loud when it's hashtag orange man bad. And lots of laughter. <laughs> and Lady Dies really want to hit those call buttons. Um, but you, know, you run this story, and it turns out some dude named Miles. I mean, who? Anonymous is right because no one has a damn clue who this high-ranking member of the Trump administration is. They went with the Steele dossier, which was later proven to be completely fabricated. Not only that, the person they got the information from was once kicked out of the country for trying to recruit members of the Obama White House to spy on the White House. I know, I know. Tyler, calm down. Calm down. Here, you know what cures this? Kentucky Mule. Because lime juice and bourbon is actually a really great combination. Anywho's, in a video posted to Twitter, O'Keefe called the Times reporting libelous, yeah, think, and announced that Project Veritas was taking legal action against the newspaper and political reporter Maggie Astor. Quote, the reality is your articles were so misinformed and libelous and were published with a queer intent to harm. Project Veritas wrote in a letter to the Times, Quote, as they say, you can run, but you cannot hide, said O'Keefe. New York Times, you defamed us. We are suing you. We will depose you. We will expose you, and we will win. As you recall, Project Veritas has never lost a lawsuit in our corporate history. End quote. <clears throat> O'Keefe called out other media outlets that repeated the Times comments and urged the outlets to retract their stories to save themselves the trouble and embarrassment. Uh, the investigative report focuses on a senior citizen community targeted in Minneapolis. A source familiar with the community told Project Veritas that as soon as early voting begins, ballot harvesters target the elderly. Sources also claim that people are being paid to cast ballots, which there's video of people of a Democrat running in the Somali area where she says she's going to stop knocking on doors because every time she knocks on a door and asks for their support, uh, you're going to pay me 200 bucks. Wait, what? It's like, yeah, it's, you want me to vote. You, you pay me. That's, that's how it's always worked since I've been here. <clears throat> But no, you, you you have you have an actual member of the party who's doing it, saying that this is going on. But you're going to look at James O'Keefe, which you know, bought, uh, put this up front. I don't like everything that he has said and done, and some of the ways he's gone about getting making things happen. Um. There has been times where they have screwed the pooch on some of their reporting. But, you know, it, it and some of it's been it's kind of hit or miss. So you, you kind of have to take Project Veritas stuff with a grain of salt because they have had some uh, miscues in their past. Uh, the Project Veritas report identified about a harvester named Liban Mohammed, who said he was being paid to collect ballots from senior citizens. The report also cited Omar Jamal, chair of the Somali watchdog group, who said people like Liban Mohammed are paid to collect absentee ballots from senior citizens and the immigrant community. O'Keefe points out the New York Times has quoted Jamal in at least 10 different articles while reporting on matters relating to the Somali community. Jamal went into detail about the ballot harvesting scheme he says is being conducted on behalf of Minnesota's Democratic Farmer Labor Party. 
Huh. Democratic Farmer Labor Party. It's interesting. It almost sounds like a workers farmers party or you know a, a communist party but you know why why would i why would i go around mincing words there now uh, representative ilan omar has become a major power broker within the party and omar's campaign manager ali essigani was identified by one source in the report as being involved in the scheme. Quote, it's an open secret, Jamal said. Omar will do anything that she can do to get elected, and she has hundreds of people on the streets doing just that. End quote. Minnesota law prohibits a person from paying somebody to vote or to register to vote. The crime is also punishable under federal law. Minnesota has also has a statute against inducing or persuading somebody to vote for or against a candidate while transporting voters to the polls. And then uh, a similar story came out in Texas where someone apparently pledged to vote all Democrat on their absentee ballot. And then someone showed it up at their front door with their ballot and begins threatening to, oh, you told us you were going to do this. We will go to the police unless you change your ballot right now, right here in front of us. Like, wait, isn't that voter intimidation? And who are they to talk about, you know, talk about threatening to go to the cops about voter fraud when they're the ones who entice them to vote a certain way with the offer of a gift in that in that video it was a shawl they gave her a shawl in order to change her vote from voting for John Cornyn to whoever the democrat running against him is but you know it, it it's only a crime when one side does it right i said it it's absolute insanity and it is, I don't, I don't even know what to say, especially when, you know, you're coming up with such a contested election on Tuesday, which, yes, I will be voting. And just looking at the polls, um, all the national polls have, some have Donald Trump closing by essentially 2%. It's it's still outside the margin of error, but you know it showing a show, building up some momentum going into it. <laughs> Democrat playbook rule number one: accuse the other side of that which you are guilty. Oh man, isn't that the stinking truth? <clears> hmm. <throat> but. Looking at Trafalgar, though, uh, these are the polls that came out just uh, earlier this week, and they're promising. Uh, let's see, Arizona's showing Donald Trump is up forty-eight point nine to forty-six percent. That's outside margin of error. Nevada is showing it close within the margin of error. He, he could still pull that one off. So that would be an amazing upset to see. Florida is uh, 49.6 to 46.9 outside the margin of error. So Trump is essentially winning Florida right now. Uh, Michigan, Trump is, is, they're having Trump is up over in Michigan by nearly 3%. Uh, Minnesota is showing Trump down by four points. And the fact that Minnesota is in play this year is actually saying a lot, which 
I think a lot of that has to do with uh, all the all the rioting, even Minneapolis and St. Paul, where it was at its worst. I think that they're really seeing that it's uh, not necessarily Republicans. You you have Democrat mayors who bend over backwards and allow all of this stuff to go on. And I think that people are seeing that, and that's what's really having an effect. But it's, I'm starting to see people who are starting to see maps come out from punditry or from you know the punditry class where you know yeah Donald Trump will lose the popular vote but you know anyone who actually studies politics in the United States for more than five minutes they will tell you that you know the national popular vote doesn't mean anything it's it's an aggregate of 50 individual elections. Well, 51, because apparently D.C. actually counts, even though they're not an actual state. They still get their three delegates. So it's, it's just an aggregate. It's not the anything that we actually use. And when you point that out to people who are very dead set on, yeah, we have to get rid of the electoral college. Okay, well, we get rid of the electoral college. What happens to all the, uh, you know, to Ohio? What happens to Illinois, Indiana, Missouri, Iowa? Suddenly, the uh, suddenly the Iowa caucuses don't become nearly as important because, well, you know, we're going to they'll use them to select who the, uh, you know, who the candidate's going to be. But they're not going to matter when it comes to the actual election. So you're not going to see president or presidential candidates you know, campaigning in those states because it doesn't matter. You know, it's going to be concerted efforts in New York, California, Texas, Florida, Pennsylvania. There's a small states are not going to have, you know, Donald Trump coming up and showing up in, you know, BFE Alba, you know, BFE Nevada, out in the middle of nowhere in the Eastern California in the Rockies to campaign because, well, there's no one there that we need to get to vote for us. We need to win these cities. And fun fact. Republicans would never win the cities because they're, the major cities are Democratic strongholds. And then they they want to complain about the tyranny of the minority because <gasps> we use electoral college. How is it that the uh, you know the losing side they're the ones who's deciding you know who becomes president? Well, you see, Jimmy, in a republic. You have senators, two per state, which gives leverage to small states. You have the Electoral College that makes it to where a presidential candidate has to build a coalition of states that support them. It's not a hard concept. That's the reason why, yes, Donald Trump lost the national popular vote. But look at how many states that he won in the process. That's what the Electoral College is all about. You're having states, you get the majority of states to support one party or one candidate or the other, and that's where we draw our victor from. It's not a hard concept, but apparently... For a lot of people, it's incredibly difficult. I'm going to take a quick break and be right back. (music) 
This is Tyler from Relentless Daring, and I am launching the brand new RelentlessDaring.com merch shop. Instead of having to go to a third-party vendor, now you can do everything right there at RelentlessDaring.com. If you want to buy merch, go to RelentlessDaring.com slash shop, and there you can get hats, you can get t-shirts, you can get hoodies, you can get coffee cups, you can get stickers. Go there today to show your love for the Relentless Daring podcast. And as always, stay relentless. Tired of the same cardboard flavored doormat textured protein bar. How about drink mix packets for your water bottles that are full of artificial sweeteners? Tired of a whole regimen of pre workout and protein shakes for your trip to the gym? Go to builtbar.com for their selection of great tasting protein bars, built boost energy drink mixes, and built go energy gels. Built Bar offers 18 delicious flavors of protein bars with only four to five net carbs for you keto dieters, six flavors of Built Boost Energy Drink Mix, and three flavors of Built Go Energy Gel. Built Bars are made in America using real ingredients like honey and dark chocolate. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code RELENTLESS to save 10% and let them know you heard about them from Relentless Dairy. All right, getting back into it. So uh, the other big story that I being on Halloween, it just made sense that this, that's when this story would come out. Did you know that the extreme right to include those, quote, alt-right, and quote, people who... um those groups that espouse a lot of positions that have nothing to do with any right-wing position whatsoever. They're using fashion to draw in new young members. Yes, that's right, fashion. Uh, the New York Post had this uh, little, little bit in their living section. How far right groups are using rec- using fashion symbols to recruit the youth? Yes. <laughs> on September 24th, British fashion brand Fred Perry released a statement on its website and social channels announcing that the company would no longer be selling its $95 polo shirts with a gold and black laurel design to the United States and Canada. The reason? The shirt had been adapted as a uniform by far-right group, the poor boys. I, I mean, the proud boys. Ah, damn it, Joe Biden. You always have to get me messed up like that. No, you look like an idiot. Quote, that association is something we must do our best to end, the statement read, vowing not to make the shirt available in North America again until the proud boys ceased using the clothing line to their own ends. I'm trying to read an article and it's popping up an ad for the New York Post app. Uh, the search appeal among right wing extremists is probably due with imagery. The laurel wreath logo on the Fred Perry polo, unintentionally similar to the yellow wreath used in some Nazi ceremonial flags. It also resembles wreaths and laurels used in a lot of U.S. military and U.S. government seals and logos. (laughs) But according to Cynthia Miller Idris, a professor of education and sociology at American University School of Public Affairs. The fashion statement, when used by the Proud Boys, has a more nefarious purpose. (laughs) The co-opting of brands like Fred Perry has, quote, helped to make the far right more palatable to a broader range of youth, she tells the Post. It helps them blend in, making it easier to try on extremist ideas without fully committing in the way that shaving their heads required in the era of the racist skinhead aesthetic, end quote. 
uh, fast wave musicians like Zurius use sinister lyrics. Which, fast wave? Uh, Zurius? The hell are, what the hell is all this? It doesn't end with polo shirts, as Miller Idris explains in her new book, Hate in the Homeland, the New Global Far Right, Princeton University Press, out now. The market for hate is thriving. Quote, today's far right consumers can choose from a wide array of high quality products from the way they cook to the clothes they wear. There are dedicated YouTube talk shows, clothing brands, and music streaming services. It's a shift that began in 2014 when German neo-Nazis began dressing like Brooklyn hipsters, a style the German media dubbed Nipsters. In a Rolling Stone profile of the Nipster movement, one of the co-founders claimed to help Nazis live, live within the mainstream, yeah, and present a friendly hippo face to the public. This strategy soon made its way across the ocean to the American far-right radicals. Andrew Anglin, founder of the neo-Nazi Daily Stormer website, wrote a screed in 2017 calling on white nationalists to change their recruitment tactics. The core of marketing is aesthetic. We need to look appealing. We want to hit the average. We want normal people. We have to be hip and we have to be sexy. I'm sorry, Mr. Anglin, but... Being black and Jew-hating, immigrant-loathing, Catholic-bashing, fascist morons is not sexy. Pardon me. While today's hate groups are anything but hip or sexy, they have gotten more sophisticated when it comes to presenting themselves as normal. The so-called Boogaloo Boys, an extremist group that believes a second American Civil War is, oh my god, they 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 have so <laughs> you ever notice that when a meme becomes a thing how suddenly oh my god this is a sign of the extremists the boogaloo boys are looking for they're looking for the next civil war um do you know how many military veterans made jokes about how it's time to boogaloo? Oh, getting them ARs ready for that boogaloo. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's like when 4chan released a thing saying that the OK sign, you know, you know, thumb and index finger in a circle with your middle ring and pinky raised in the air, make it a W. <gasps> That's white power. You see, there's the W, and then that makes, you know, you make the circle, and it goes down your wrist. That's the P. White power. Oh, my God. A meme suddenly became, oh, my goodness. Did you see that West Point cadet? He flashed a white power sign. No, he was being an idiot playing the circle game, trying to see, see if uh, how many people would be like, oh, I saw what you did there. I guess you get, I guess you get punched me. It. Or how Pepe the Frog, which this article goes into Pepe the Frog. It's a freaking internet meme. They're making me, they're making me sound like Alex Jones. Turn my freaking frogs gay. It's just a meme. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I'm pretty sure the author of this article took some supplements from Alex Jones. It's the only way they can be this dense. To believe that internet memes are far-right extremist movement. I mean, uh, there's a Boogaloo Boys extremist group that believes Second American Civil War is imminent, which how many, <laughs> how freaking many normal, everyday Americans conservative, liberal, libertarian, progressives, 
think that there's going to be a civil war in the near future because of the way our country is pulling itself a freaking part. Uh, Blue Boys took part in sometimes violent protests earlier this summer in states like Texas, Georgia, Nevada, Pennsylvania, all while wearing floral Hawaiian shirts. Hawaiian shirts are now a. Oh my gosh. The origins of the floral shirt trend involve internet wordplay. It started with jokes about the 1984 movie Break Into Electric Boogaloo, which evolved into shorthand like Big Igloo and Big Luau. This use of mainstream aesthetics, quote, can make far-right views seem less dangerous to the public, Miller Idris said. It's harder to recognize ideas as extreme when they come in a package that looks more like the kid next door than neo-Nazi of people's imaginations. Food is a particularly rich domain for sharing subtle message- messages about identity and tradition as well as narratives of rebellion against an unjust state or liberal elites, says Miller Idris. Examples include Balaklava Kuche, Balaklava Kush. <laughs> uh, Scuba C says, yep, Magna P.I., notorious alt-right memester. He ran around that little British dude all the time. A vegan cooking channel hosted by German balaclava wearing extremists, or the blonde butter maker, a cooking vlog that, quote, blends messaging about white European paganism with video instruction on how to make nut milk, dehydrate herbs, or preserve berries. Um I I I'm kind of curious because um Paganism, a a rejection of God, and, you know, a collectivist idea involving race? I'm sorry, those aren't really, those really aren't hallmarks of the right. Those are usually hallmarks of the left. Another way that hate is marketed in marketed in an appealing package is Fashwave, a mashup of fascism and the synthesizer-based synthwave genre of music. Synthwave has long been a favorite of extremist groups. White supremacist Richard Spencer once called synthwave rockers Depeche Mode the official band of the alt-right. A the title the band members rejected. But in recent years, Fashwave has emerged to provide an official soundtrack for hate. Popular Fashwave artist Zurius, X-U-R-I-O-U-S, has songs with titles like Teen White, or Team White, excuse me, apparently I cannot read, Death to Traitors, The Caucasian Mine, and with almost 100,000 streams on Spotify, Revolt Against the modern world, which I'm guessing if they have a hundred thousand streams on Spotify, it's probably the same 50 people who've listened to that song about 20,000 times. As with Fred Perry, not all hate group gateways are known are knowing collaborators. When a fast food when fast food franchise Wendy's tweeted a meme of Pepe the Frog, a popular internet comic that's been appropriated by the alt-right white supremacists, dressed as the company's logo in 2017, the company quickly realized its error and pulled it down. But not before the Daily Stormer named Wendy's the official burger of the neo-Nazi alt-right movement. They also gave this dubious honor to Papa John's Pizza, calling it the official pizza of the Aryan master race. And even singer Taylor Swift, who the Daily Stormer called an Aryan goddess, and a neo-Nazi sleeper agent. Uh, no, she's half cat, half alien. Have you looked at her face? 
Just look at her eyes. It says it all right there. Half cat, half alien. Some brands, like Doc Martens, have garnered controversy for unwittingly endorsing their association with hate groups. In 2017, the English footwear company was widely criticized for a holiday billboard in Portland, Oregon that featured a black boot with red laces. A color combination often used by skinhead groups to demonstrate that demonstrate they have spilled blood for the white supremacy cause. These new aesthetics of modern extremism enabled those with similar ideological views to identify each other. It signals political affiliation and attitudes towards others, allowing like-minded youth to find one another and strike up conversations at school, at stadiums, and bars, and at parties. As one young person influenced by these tactics explained to the author, when they see someone wearing a t-shirt from a brand known to market to the far right, it makes them think, oh, maybe I'm not so alone after all. <laughs> it also becomes a game, Miller Idris says, because parents, teachers, and other authority figures can't always recognize the symbolism. It gives young people a sense of power and secrecy. They're hiding their ideological views in plain sight in a way that other insiders might recognize, but most outsiders would not. This could take the form of an alphanumeric sequence of numbers and letters like 2YT4U, which translates as 2 white for you Oh, so clever. Or the slightly modified Detroit Red Wings hockey team logo with spokes replaced with lightning bolts of Hitler's Schutzstaffel, worn by members of a hate group called Detroit Right Wings. Again, if they fashion themselves to be Nazis, they're not right wing! I don't care what Dick Spencer says, because he's the one who coined the term right wing or alt right. Yes, they aren't. There is an alternative to the right. It's called the left. Collectivism, be it white supremacy, be it black power, be it Mexican power. I mean, La Raza literally translates as the race. If you have a group of white people calling themselves the race, are you freaking telling me that? The Mexican people, the Hispanic group, La Raza, is not a collectivist group. Uh, they're advocates for, for Hispanic heritage and Hispanic rights. Okay, but if you have a group calling itself the race and it's a bunch of white people, they're evil racists, but the brown people aren't. I, I'm I'm scratching my head because it doesn't make any damn sense. <laughs> Miller Idris warns that the problem with will only get worse as far-right nationalists find new ways for young people to be two things at once, mainstream in their appearance and interests, but extreme in their ideas and positions. This makes for a softer, less committed, and more experimental entry. A literal trying on of extremism and also enables plausible deniability. Oh my god. I, yes, there are things that we can look at and say, these are what these people stereotypically wear. Now, when, when it comes to the Proud Boys, the Proud Boys were founded by Gavin McInnes. He's not exactly a member of the alt-right. He hates Nazis as much as Jake and Elwood Blues hated Illinois Nazis. He hates communists as much as, you know, any red-blooded 1970s, 1980s American hated the commies. He founded the Proud Boys as a group of brawlers not to push any extremist ideology, but to combat the shenanigans 
and violence of Antifa. Now, have they done things wrong? Yes. I will not deny that. But it's hard to call them an you know, call them an alt-right group because, you know, typically when the left calls something alt-right, they mean, you know, some sort of racist group. When the current head of the Proud Boys is a Cuban. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's absolutely insane that you know now you're gonna have people seeing seeing someone wearing like if I go to the thrift store and I find one of these one of those Perry uh polos that's got the little gold wreath on it. I wear that because hey, this is a really nice polo. Yeah, you know, I could wear this to a you know a job interview or to church, whatever I want to wear it to. And then people see that see that shirt and they're gonna lose their minds because oh my god, he's a member of that group, it's awful. Like, wait, what? No, it's a shirt. Like Doc Martin boots. I mean since when have Doc Martens been specifically associated with neo-Nazis? I remember being in junior high. Doc Martin boots were usually associated with Jinkos and, and Lee pipes. And, you know, jeans were the opening of the legs was so big you could hide your whole foot. Because that was, that was the style they went with. Well, they went with the goths. They they loved their Doc Martin airwalks while wearing all black in a trench coat. Uh, Scuba Steve says anything they call alt or far right is usually moderate right. They get confused because they've gone so far left. Oh, absolutely. It, it's ridiculous that you can't have a moderate position and be on the right. You can't have a slightly more right point of view than a moderate right, or else suddenly you're an extremist. It's completely insane. It's completely asinine. And so now you have people who are having to defend the clothes they wear because, oh, he had the Hawaiian shirt. He's a boogaloo boy. No, I have a Hawaiian shirt because I'm trying to emulate one of my favorite comedians, Gabriel Iglesias, a man who is well known for his Hawaiian shirts. And I don't think you're going to see Gabriel Iglesias looking to boogaloo anytime in the near future. He's a little out of shape. I'm just saying. All right. Well, now that I have got myself all riled up, I think I'm going to uh, I want to call it an evening. Those of you who tuned in live, thank you for tuning in. I just want to say this before I go, before I do my closeout. As if 2020 couldn't be a bigger asshole, it has taken... The legendary, the one and only James Bond, Mr. Sean Connery, Sir Sean Connery. I don't want to offend our my British listeners. Great actor. In my opinion, he was the he was the penultimate James Bond. And it's just Sad to hear. I mean, 90 years old, he led a hell of a life. And to think he got started in acting, chasing leprechauns in the movie Darby O'Gill and the Little People, which that parlayed into playing James Bond. Hard to imagine. I know. So if I had a vodka martini shaken, not stirred, Sean Connery, I would I would drink to you. You are a legend and you will be sorely missed. 
and you have been since you retired. Curse you, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, for calling for ending his career. Uh, again, thank you for those of you who tuned in listening live. I appreciate it. Glad you're glad you're up there on the TV screen saying things that are distracting and point and just providing squirrels to draw me away from draw me away from whatever I'm trying to say. Uh, those of you who are listening on the podcast, thank you so much for listening, whether it is Apple iTunes, Google Podcast, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeart, TuneIn, Amazon Music. If you're listening to this on Audible because you're actually paying for Audible or the Pandoras, whew, so many of them now, so stinking many of them. Thank you so much. means so much to me. Um, if you're listening to it on Stitcher, go online, the actual computer, leave a review. That way, you know, people on Stitcher will see it and, oh, people like it. If you're listening to it on Apple Podcasts, four things. The same four things I ask every week. Number one, subscribe. Number two, rate it. Those five stars, they mean a lot. It goes a long ways to helping more people like you find this show. Number three, write a nice review. Say something nice. That way it pops up. Hey, you might like this podcast. Oh, okay, what are people saying about it? You know, it helps. And finally, number four, share the podcast. Send it to a friend, someone who you think will like the show. Send it to a person who you think will absolutely hate the show and you just want to annoy the crap out of them. I am down. I am more than willing to be a tool and your ability to aggravate somebody else. <laughs> Libertarian Ninja says 20 stars, best podcast ever. Oops, wrong show. Uh, some hefty guy, I think, uses that one. Maybe. I don't know. Um, again, thank you so much. Be sure to go to RelentlessDaring.com. You can go there. You can, That's another place you can stream the show. Uh, go there. Check out the merch shop or donate to the show. Uh, everything you donate, everything you buy, it goes into keeping this show on the air. It goes into equipment upgrades, being able to do more things to make the show a better experience for you. And that's going to do it. Again, thank you all so much for tuning in. And as always, stay relentless. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.